Hi, this is Rick Thompson, the pastor at Living Water Community Church. This is our podcast, and I want to thank you for joining us today. I hope this message builds your faith and blesses you. Please enjoy it. That was fun. It's okay to have fun in God's house. Amen? We can have some fun in the name of the Lord. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in this place. Signed, sealed, and delivered. I'm yours. It's a popular song from the legendary Stevie Wonder from 1970. I was negative nine years old when that song came out. (laughs) And I want to say that There was a time when songs were really, really good. Really, really good. They had meaning. I mean, no offense to anyone who's a big fan of today's secular music, but there's been a huge shift in music from that time to now, right? It's a really big difference. Really big difference since those days. Anyway, we're going to have some fun over the next few weeks, so make it a point to join us in person or online it's going to be a good series. We're going to jump straight into the main text for today now. Isaiah 49. Yet Jerusalem says, the Lord has deserted us. The Lord has forgotten us. Never can a mother forget her nursing child. Can she feel no love for the child she has born? But even if that were possible, I would not forget you. See, I have written your name on the palms of my hand. Let's pray. Father, I pray right now, Lord, that you would open our hearts, you would open our minds, Father, to what you want to say to us today. Father, that we would understand how much you love us and that we would position ourselves well to to develop our relationship with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Quick show of hands. How many of you know that your parents love you? Yep. I see most hands. How many of you know that God loves you? Okay, I see hands going up everywhere. I'm going to change the question a little bit. I'm going to change the question just a little bit. How many of you feel the love of your parents? Okay. How many of you feel the love of God? See some hands. How many of you feel that God is with you? A lot of hands. This is awesome. But you see, there's a very important distinction between knowing and feeling. Amen? Would you say that? Very, very different to know something and to feel something. Verse 14 says, Yet Jerusalem says, The Lord has deserted us. The Lord has forgotten us. Now we're all friends here, right? Yeah, we're all friends here, right? Okay, and this is a safe place, right? All right, good, good. So I'm asking, have you ever been there? Have you ever felt like the Lord has forgotten us? The Lord has forgotten me. The Lord has deserted me. I'm by myself. Have you ever felt that way? Like the walls are caving in all around me. Like there's turmoil going on in your life, and it seems like there's no end to it. Things are going bad in your marriage. Things are going bad in your relationships. Things are going bad in your job. Things are going bad with your kids. Between you and your parents. Things are going bad in your friendships. It just feels like no matter which way you turn, 
everything looks like an uphill battle. Have you ever been there? Have you ever felt that way? And it feels as if God isn't there. Like God has left you to fend for yourself, to figure it out on your own. Am I talking to anyone this morning? Yeah, I know I'm talking to some people online as well. Thank you so much. Can I share something with you this morning since we're all friends here and since this is a safe place? And this may or may not be a surprise to you and it may or may not be something that you're able to relate to. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. You see, for me, I have lived the majority of my life with a lot of knowledge, but with very little feeling. I've lived my life with a lot of knowledge, but with little feeling. And it's, not, it's something I actually didn't realize until somewhat recent in, my, in my, adult, my adult years. For the greater part of my life, I didn't even realize this. I didn't know what I didn't know. And I've given this some thought, and even to this day, I still don't know exactly why or put, be able to point my finger, put my finger on it. I don't know if there's some sort of trauma that happened when I was a kid, and I have some sort of mental block that results in me not feeling as much, um, being as in tune to, with my emotions. I don't know what it might be. But I grew up knowing that my parents loved me. I know my parents love me, and I know that I love them, and that my friends cared for me, and that I cared for my friends. I know that, but not necessarily because I had feelings of it. It was more of a head knowledge that I had. I knew in my mind, and the thing is, my actions, what I would do, they would appropriately fall in line with what someone would do if they were feeling something, or if they were driven by their emotions, even though, for me, that's typically not what was happening. I wasn't being driven by my, by my emotions. Are you tracking with me this morning? Do you, see, do, you, do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, you with me so far? And the, and the things that I would do, the actions, they're not fake. It's not, it's not pretend. Everything is true. Everything is real. But it's, it's the way I'm driven, the way I... I'm, I'm, I'm operating, if you will. And then I met my future wife. And we spent a lot of time together. And I knew that I cared for this woman. And as a matter of fact, as far as I knew love, I knew I loved this woman. And as soon as she gave me the ultimatum, I realized I want to spend the rest of my life with her. You might say, Pastor Sean, if you're saying you don't really easily feel, how do you know you love her? And I would say very easily, because loving someone is a decision you make. It's not a feeling you have. I'm going to say that one more time. Loving someone is a decision that you make. It is not a feeling that you have. Stick with me, I'm going somewhere today. There's a difference between loving someone and being in love with someone. I don't think you heard me. There's a difference between loving someone and being in love with someone. 
Did you hear me? Yeah? Being in love is a feeling led by your heart. Loving someone is a decision you make. It's a choice that you make to love someone. And I would advise people to be careful. Be very, very careful by just simply following your heart. Because your heart will take you in all sorts of directions and to all sorts of places. I'm sure there's a million people saying, well, you know, I just, my heart was telling me this person was the one. Despite all the red flags and all the guidance you were getting from, uh, from other people that could see things not caught up in emotions and feelings. There's a million people that have, have walked down that path and at the end of the day realize, wow, my heart led me astray. Be very, very careful because your heart will lead you off of a cliff in the name of passion. Now, don't get me wrong. There are times where following your heart is appropriate and there are times where I have felt emotions beyond just the head knowledge. You know, times like when I look in the rearview mirror and I see the red and blue lights flashing. Believe me, it's not just my head at that point. My heart is feeling it. My heart's feeling it. Or when my wife and I get into a, a elevated conversation. You know, sometimes I feel that, you know? Or when my team's about to make the comeback and the game's almost over. Come on, you guys can do it. I feel it and it's not just in my head. Or Miss Deb can relate to this one. Suddenly when you're flying in a plane, you get that turbulence that makes you feel like this plane's about to drop out of the sky. Believe me, there's thoughts going on that aren't, aren't necessarily coming only from my head. So you see, I've been there. I have feelings too. I know what it's like. But one day, someone say, one day. Yeah. One day something happened. Something happened that began, began a change in my life began a change in me that I'll never, ever forget. Now, you're probably all wondering what it is. Like, okay, you set this story up. Now you got to tell us. Maybe I'm not going to tell you. Just joking. I'll tell you. Because you're wondering what happened. Was it, was it when you got married? Is that when everything changed for you, Pastor Sean? Or maybe it was when you gave your life to Jesus. Is that what happened when you got saved? Did a dove descend on you and land on you like the Holy Spirit? Is that what happened and everything changed? Nope. Nope, that's not what happened. What happened to me that changed everything for me? My first son was born. That's what happened. I was in the delivery room, cool, calm, and collected, as I usually am. I'm usually pretty cool like that. It's a cool guy, you know? I was in complete control of myself, complete control of myself, being strong and supportive for my wife, who's about to give birth to our first child. And then, and then I heard a cry coming from a brand new set of lungs. And I looked up and I saw my son. And I lost it. I lost it. My heart was beating so fast, I felt like it was going to bust out of my chest. Right? I don't know if anyone's been there. I started to cry. 
And don't get me wrong, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with guys crying. Nothing wrong with that. I mean, as a matter of fact, the Bible says that Jesus wept, right? So for all we know, crying, there's nothing wrong with crying. But I've never really been a crier. It's just, I haven't really been a crier. But I started to cry. I started to cry profusely. Not just crying. Not just a little bit of crying. That's an understatement. My wife will tell you. I was crying uncontrollably. I looked like I just came out of a pool. Like, I'm literally, as if someone had removed my tear ducts and I had no way of stopping all this water from coming out of my eyes. And for the first time that I could recall in my life, I felt true, unconditional love at that moment. Like, like the kind of love that says, this child could pee or poo on my head right now. And it wouldn't matter, like that kind of love. I don't know if any of you know what I'm talking about, but that kind of love is what I was feeling at that point in time. And this was truly a real first for me. And it was so, so real. So, so real. It's so amazing to experience that. And it's that same kind of love that our Father has for all of us. Thank you. Soul Train Lions, it'll do it to you. Yeah, get the blood flowing. That's the kind of love that our Father has for us. It's what He has for you. It's what He has for me. The Scriptures talk about four different levels of love, or four different types of love. And this highest level of love that we're talking about is called agape love. Agape love is the highest level of love, and it is a selfless, sacrificial an unconditional love. There's nothing you could do to get rid of this love. It's unconditional. It's sacrificial. And it's selfless. It is so, so real. And it is so, so amazing. Getting back to the text here. In response to the people of Jerusalem start stating that the Lord has forgotten them, he said, never can a mother forget her nursing child? Can she feel no love for the child she has born? Think about that for a second. Think about that for a second. Because in almost any healthy situation, the bond between a mother and newborn child is second to none. The bond between a mother and a newborn child is second to none. To none. The mother's been carrying around this baby for nine months. There's already a bond there that is, is natural, and it's second to none. Some of us dads like to feel as if we have something just as good as the moms have, but don't fool yourself. Don't fool yourself, because the mother-newborn uh, bond is another level of special. Now, for the guys who feel like I just kind of burst your bubble, don't worry, your bond will come later. It's just not the same as the newborn bond. You hear me? The scripture says, can a mother forget her nursing child? Can she feel no love for the child she has born? But even if that were possible, I would not forget you, says the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. And right now I want to talk to 
I want to talk to some specific people. I want to talk to those who feel down and out right now. I want to talk to those who feel left behind, like they are of no value. Those that, that feel like they're blowing in the wind, like nomads just walking around with no direction. Whoever I'm talking to, people that feel that they have no purpose, that they have no meaning, that their life isn't worth anything. I want to talk to those who have felt rejected. I want to talk to those who feel like they've been failures. Those who feel like they're always drawing the short stick. Those that no matter how hard they try, they feel like they can never catch a break. If it wasn't for bad luck, they wouldn't have any luck. Those people. And to those people feeling alone, and those people feeling depressed, to those that feel like in this world of over 7 billion people, nobody cares about them or feels their pain or sees their hurt. And right now I want to tell you that the Lord wants you to know that he sees you. He sees you. He knows you. He loves you. And I'm talking about that agape love. He loves you. He hasn't forgotten you. He hasn't left you to the side. You aren't a mistake. You have value. You have meaning. You have purpose. You are the apple of his eye, says the Lord. And even if your own mother or your own father, your best friend, your spouse, your own kids, if they forget about you, he's saying he will never forget about you. He never will. Why? Because he can't. He can't forget about you. It's impossible for God to forget about you. It's impossible for God to forget about you. The scriptures tell us that when he made us, he reflected on his creation and he said it was very good. He created the earth. He created everything within and he called it good. He called it good. He called it good. He created mankind and upon reflection he said, that's very good. That's very good. You are very good. The scriptures tell us that we were created in his own image, God's own image. And in 2 Timothy, he said, if we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot disown himself. God is a part of us. Do I have any believers in here with me today? Yeah? Jeremiah 1 says, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. So those of you thinking that I'm a mistake, God knew you before you were formed in your mother's womb. He knew you. He knew you by name. He knew how many hairs you would have on your head before you were, you were formed in your mother's womb. Isaiah 49 says, The Lord called me before my birth from within the womb he called me by name. He called me by name. Psalm 139, you made all the delicate inner parts of my body. 
and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion. And I was woven together in the dark of the womb. Sorry, I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. God makes no mistakes. God knows what time it is. He has the agenda. It's about us getting in line with his agenda, his plans, his purposes. But the scripture tells us that every day of our life was, of our life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. Amen? How precious are your thoughts about me, O oh God? They cannot be numbered. Did you know that God thinks about you? Did you know that God thinks you're on God's mind? And, the, and, the, and the, the, the Bible tells us that the thoughts cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. And when I wake up, you are still with me. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Folks, we know he won't forget us because he told us he won't forget us. He can't forget us. Now, does that mean that you'll always feel his presence or his power or that you'll always hear his voice? Does that mean that you'll always get Holy Ghost goosebumps when you walk into a worship service? Is that what it means? It doesn't. I promise you there's many a time I come into this place and I feel the spirit moving and I feel that the hairs on the back of my neck raising up and I'm, I'm loving what's going on. But then there's days that I come in and I'm not having the same experience. That doesn't change the fact that I'm worshiping my God. That doesn't, that doesn't change the sacrifice that I want to put out in worshiping my God. But my point is, you're not going to feel that every day all the time. You're not always going to feel it. And that's okay. You're not broken. It's not just you. I told you earlier how I lived my life with much knowledge but not too much feeling. That also applies to my interactions with God. Just being honest, if I can continue to keep it real with you guys, sometimes I feel a little bit jealous of other people that I see having, you know, their, it looks like their emotional juices are flowing. They're just like feelings, like they got this, this connection. And I'm not saying I'm jealous in an unhealthy way. I'm just saying I look at them like, man, I love that. I wish I had that, right? My wife is one of those people. My wife is one of those people. Because when it comes to the scale of emotions, and the scale of feelings, she can go from zero to 100 faster than the Lamborghini. She is in touch with her feelings. It's amazing. It's an amazing experience to see her emotional range. Quite, a, quite an experience. She's very, very caring, very compassionate, and she's got a big heart, and she's fully, fully in touch with it. And I remember one time that we were on vacation, and I was getting heated with her about something. Actually, we were having an elevated conversation about something. And she was just looking in my, in my face, and she was smiling at me. And imagine that, guys. 
four ladies. I'm upset. And the person you're upset with is just looking at you and smiling in your face. Right? And in the middle of my growing frustration, when she's looking at me, I look at her, I say, I'm pissed off right now, and you're smiling at me. And then she says to me, your anger means that you care. <laughs> Talk about a sucker punch. What do you say to that? Ugh. But just because, just, because, just because you may not always feel God doesn't mean he isn't always there. It doesn't mean that he's forgotten or abandoned you because his word says he never will. But for this reason, as important as it is to be seeking God and asking for God to change your heart, to, to develop your heart, as important as that is, I also believe it's extremely important to develop and keep developing a head knowledge of God. It's very important because while the mountain peak experiences will come, the times when you're on top of the world and God is doing everything that you want him to be doing, while those times will come, they don't last forever. They don't last forever. And sometimes the valleys are really long. Sometimes those valleys are a lot longer than those mountaintop um, moments. And when those times come in the valley, and I said when those times come, not if those times come. When those times come, if you don't have something more than just your feelings or your emotions to cling to, you could find yourself in a place of doubt. Is God still with me? Does God still care? You could find yourself in a place of trouble. You could find your place you could find yourself in a place of despair very easily and very quickly. It is important that we take the time to learn the character of God. It is important that we take the time to learn the character of God. I'm using my wife a lot in this message, so I'm, gonna I'm probably already in the doghouse, so I might as well just continue with it. Um, when I first met my wife, everything, everything was good. Isn't that the way it usually starts? You know, you meet, you meet someone and everything's good, you know? Both people on their best behavior, you know, people not trying not to... Anything that might seem a little weird, you know, in that courting, that courting period. You know, you're learning the person. You're trying to read the person and better understand them as you're getting to know them. But at some point, someone say, at some point, the honeymoon period is over. Yeah? And the real relationship, the real relationship is what you have left. At some point, the rubber hits the road. You hear what I said? And the more time you spent getting to know the other person up front and early on, it helps shape the real relationship. It helps shape the real relationship. What they like, 
what they don't like, how they think, how they respond in different situations and to different things that, that you do. This is the same with God. This is the same with God. The more time you spend getting to know about God, the more you will end up knowing God. I got to say that again because I don't know if you caught that. The more time you spend learning about God is the more you will end up knowing God. I'm going to say it for the people online because I don't feel that everyone here... You guys probably didn't get it, but I think someone online is going to get it. So I'm going to say it one more time. The more time you spend uh, to know about God, the more you will end up knowing God. Did you hear me? Amen. His word in Bible studies and speaking with each other to build each other up. The Bible says that iron sharpens iron. The more scripture that you store in your heart, the more equipped you'll be when the dark times come. The more prepared you'll be to go through the very, very troubling, difficult situations when you feel alone, when you feel abandoned, when your heart and your feelings and your emotions aren't doing what you're used to them doing when you have to rely on your head, the more you'll know. Scriptures like this to help us be reminded. Scriptures like Psalm 46 that tells us the Lord Almighty is with us. Like Psalm 94 that says the Lord will not reject his people. He will not abandon his special possession. Do I have any children of God in the house today? Do I have anyone that says, God, you're my father. I'm, I'm, I'm holding you to this word that you say you will not reject me. You will not abandon me because I am a special possession to you. Amen? How about John 6 that says, those the father has given me will come to me and I will never reject them. Jesus speaking. Or Hebrews 13, 5, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. And we can be reassured by Matthew 28 that says, be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Or with my good friend King James here in Psalm 23 that says, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Hallelujah, Jesus. Can we just give God a praise offering right now? Because his word is so powerful that if we just grab onto it, it will change your life. It will change the way you see troubling situations. God is a God that works through us and works things out. What did I say at the beginning? He's working it out. I don't know what that is for you, but he is working it out. And if all that wasn't enough, going back to our main scripture, I love what it says in the next verse, in verse 16. I have written your name on the palms of my hands. Folks, we are in his hands. Literally. 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 
We are in the palms of his hands. And I want you to think about that. So look, everyone right now, even if you're at home, look, look at your palms. Look at your hands right now, wherever you are. Now, can you have something in the palm of your hand and forget about it? Well, I've heard about people that have lost their glasses only to find them like on the top of their head. But I don't know that I've heard of many people having something in the palm of their hand and they lost it or they don't know where it is. I don't know. If that's you, you might be a special kind of person. Just, <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> but I've, I've never heard of that. It's, if something is in the palm of your hand, if something is in the palm of your hand, it can't be left behind. If you're going that way, guess what? It's with you. It can't be left behind. It's going with you. And furthermore, if you think about it, if you have something in the palm of your hand, you must be doing something with it. There must be a reason for it to be in the palm of your hand. Otherwise, it would be sitting down on the countertop somewhere or thrown in the back of the car with your kids' dirt from their soccer shoes, right? That's where it would be. But if it's in the palm of your hand, there must be a reason for it. There must be intention with it. There must be a purpose for it. Brothers and sisters, your heavenly Father has never left you. Never left you. He's never forsaken you. In fact, the exact opposite is true. He's been holding you in the palm of his hand all this time. And he can't leave you behind. He can't. It's impossible for him to leave you behind. Sometimes it may not feel like it. I know that. Sometimes emotional blocks can cloud what we feel. But that doesn't change who God is and what God's character is. It doesn't change that. That doesn't change the fact that He has claimed us. That doesn't change the fact that His signature is on us. There's a quote that, that I love, and it speaks to me a lot. It was written by Charles Spurgeon. And the quote says, God is too good to be unkind. And he's too wise to be mistaken. And when we cannot trace his hand, we must trust his heart. When it doesn't feel like things are going your way, when it doesn't feel like God has your back, when it feels like you've been left alone, or you've been abandoned. We need to turn to his word and understand that he cannot deny himself. It is impossible for God to leave us behind. We are literally in the palms of his hand. Amen. Now what I want to do is I want to, I want to pray for a couple things here. First and foremost, I want to pray for anyone who, who doesn't know the Lord. 
but you feel the Lord tugging on your heart and you're making a decision today that you want to commit your life to the Lord, that you want to accept Jesus as your Savior. And this goes for anyone in the, in the sanctuary with me today as well as anyone watching this online. I also want to pray for anyone who, who has a relationship with the Lord but knows that they're not, they're not connected the way they, they should be connected and they want to recommit their life and start new today. Ask the Lord to wipe the slate clean and start fresh today. And I also want to pray for those who may have emotional blocks, like myself at times, that have a lot of head knowledge, but at times don't have the feel, the emotional knowledge or, or connection. And anyone that has a desire and a passion to get to know about God so that ultimately they will know God. I'm going to ask everyone to bow their heads and close their eyes. And if you fit into any one of those four categories that I said, in the quietness of your seat with every eye closed and head bowed, I'm going to ask you to just raise your hand right where you are. I want to pray for you this morning. Is there anyone that falls into any of those four categories this morning? And wherever you might be watching at home, if that's you, you put your hand up because the God sees your hand as well. Just say something like this in the quietness of your heart. Father, thank you for, thank you for your word, Lord. Thank you for, for the free gift that you've given us. Lord, I thank you for the sacrifice you made with your son, just for me. Lord, I acknowledge that I am a sinner and I need a Savior. And Lord, today I want to commit my life to you or recommit my life to you. Lord, come into my life and change me from the inside out. I thank you for the sacrifice that you made for me so that ultimately I can spend eternity with you. Father, I also want to lift up those who, like me, find themselves disconnected from their feelings and from their emotions at times. And Father, I pray that that, that block, Father, whatever it is, Lord, that you would reveal the cause behind it, the reason behind it, Lord, and that you would help to, to, to deliver freedom in this area of our lives. Lord, I pray that you'd help us to, to have a growing desire and passion, Lord, to, to get to know more about you by studying your word, by meditating on it, by praying, spending time with you in conversation. Lord, I pray that you'd help us to be diligent in that so that we can know you better, Lord. Lord, I ask that you would continue to work in my life. Lord, that you would 
give me eyes to see. You would give me ears to hear. Lord, that you would, Lord, that you would show me what you want me to do. How I fit into the big picture. And I thank you in advance for your faithfulness, for your righteousness. In Jesus' name, I pray. And we all said, Thank you so very much for listening to this message. We hope you were truly blessed. If you were, please subscribe to our podcast if you haven't already and share it with a friend. Doing so will cause the seeds of God's word and the message of his love to spread like wildfire. So thanks again for partnering with us in this important way. Stay thirsty for Christ, my friends, until the whole world hears. God bless.